We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Coming at you to uh, end this week with a banger, of course, because that's that's what we do here. We put out bangers. Uh, Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype joined us for uh, a wide-ranging conversation. Um, we talked generally about the Knicks offseason, his impressions of it. Uh, spoiler alert, he was a fan. Uh, we got into Nerlens Noel a little bit because for anybody who missed it, Michael Scotto had a very good interview with Nerlens a few weeks before free agency. And uh, he gave us a couple nuggets, uh, a couple behind the scenes uh, things about how that free agency uh, played out and some of the domino effects that may have led to him uh, coming back to the Knicks. And uh, I found that to be very interesting. And then, of course, we touched on uh, some of the league-wide stories. Ben Simmons, uh, we finish up with Dame Lillard. Really good conversation all around. And uh, I think you will enjoy it. Um, as always, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget, give us a rating, give us a review, uh, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And uh, I think think that's about it. I don't really have anything else. Uh, I, I, I do have some thoughts on Frank, um, but I'm going to save them because Jeremy and I are going to have that um, be the focus of uh, our uh, Monday podcast. So if you want to hear my thoughts on Frank Nilakina leaving um, for, of all places, the Dallas Mavericks, actually hurts to say it out loud, um, tune in uh, to Monday's episode. But until then, uh, here we go with my interview with uh, Michael Scotto of Hoopsite. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, he is, of course, 
a uh, writer and a podcast host for Hoops Hype. Um, the first ever website related to the NBA that I could remember going to. I mean, like how, how many of us grew up with Hoops Hype Re- before Twitter refreshing the rumors page, you know, when free agency was coming around. Uh, and he's the main man for them right now. Um, and uh, perhaps more importantly, he's in Brooklyn uh, like I am now. And we share that. Michael Scotto, what's going on, man? Hey, Jonathan, a pleasure to join you, my man. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying about Hoopsite. That, uh, the Bible of the NBA, as they say. And it, it's funny, when I was first starting out and I when I first got into the business out of college and I, I was writing for Real GM at the time, um, I remember you used to send some of my stuff over to Jorge. Now it's it's different. Now I get to file to them directly for stories <laughs> and, and podcasts and stuff. So it's a small world, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Love it over there. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, listen, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you have been killing it all off season. Um, I, what I love, I love a lot of things about Hoopsype. Obviously they're they're They kind of set the standard in a lot of areas. Um, but I always find that your interviews with players um are pretty revealing. There's always a couple of things that I see in there that will make me like, oh, wow, I, I didn't expect him to be so forthright about that. Um, and that's a credit to the interviewer, which, of course, is you. Um, and we'll get into um, uh, one of the interviews that you did uh, with uh, a person who I when you it was funny. So you inter- I'll just say it now you interviewed Nerlens. It was a few weeks before I feel like free agency, a few weeks, maybe a month, something like that. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. And I read the interview and I think I wrote it the next day. I'm like, yeah, he's gone. It's, <laughs> it sounds like he's gone. And now here he is. He's, he's you know, uh, we'll see. Maybe he's going to even be the starting center. Who knows? Um, before we get to him, though, mm-hmm. let's talk about the Knicks in general. You had a podcast a few weeks ago. You talked about the Knicks offseason, which I'm always fascinated to get general NBA writers and podcasters perspective on the team because they're you're, you're outside of the Knicks bubble. Um, and I, I, I believe you had them as, as one of the winners of the offseason. So just tell me your perspective. How do you think the Knicks did this summer? Sure. And well, first of all, I appreciate the kind words on the interviews and uh, the podcast. As, as far as the Knicks in particular, Jonathan, I felt, yes, we I, I had them as a winner and so did my colleague, our Hoopsite salary cap expert, Yossi Goslin. Um, on paper, when you look at the Knicks, there's a lot of encouraging things I saw in the offseason. Uh, obviously, they brought back a couple of guys in particular, Derek Rose coming back and him being able to split the point guard duties with Kemba Walker, I think is going to be a, a great tandem. It's going to keep both of them fresh, first and foremost. You know, I know a lot of people worry about uh, the minutes, you know, the minutes police with Tom Thibodeau. But, yeah. um, you know, look, I, I think Kemba's going to start. Derek has proven he can be one of the top six men. We saw he was a finalist last year for the award. And I think they'll fit seamlessly together. Um, in terms of what they did that I felt made them a winner, uh, really, to me, getting Evan Fournier is, is an upgrade and a guy that can put the ball in the hole, which they struggled a little bit against uh, Atlanta at times during the playoffs. It's You're being like- kind. More than a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, well, you know, listen, they have guys that could light it up. I, I just felt that, yeah, they, but, but it's also part of their growth spurt, right? So you've yes. got, um, you know, Evan Fournier coming in as a guy that's a veteran in his prime. And then you have him replacing Reggie Bullock, who, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't have a problem with Reggie. I just felt like it's, it's definitely an upgrade there. Uh, you bring back Nerlens, and, and we'll touch on his free agency a little yeah. bit after, but you're going to have the center tandem again with Mitch Robinson and Nerlens Noel, so you're good defensively. 
Um, I, I, when I just looked at their team and what they did, I, the biggest question mark for me is Julius Randle going to be able to maintain that career season he had. Yeah. You know, I, I, the rebounding I expect to be there. Uh, the three-point shooting, I, I wonder if that's going to maintain, and the playmaking. He never did that um, before becoming what he was with Tom Thibodeau and, and that Knicks team around him. So, to me, those are the biggest things. And then, last but not least for me on the Knicks, R.J. Barrett um, going into this next season is going to be critical. Um, he was ranked as one of the top 10 shooting guards uh I saw that in our hoops hype rankings uh, and projections for next season. So obviously we're expecting some big things from him going into next season. He's improved his shooting. And I just think as long as he stays consistent, um, you saw a couple of flashes against uh, Atlanta. You you hope that he can maintain it. And, you know, the East got vastly improved. So it's going to be a fun season for the Knicks and for the entire conference. I hope so. We we had our uh, our KFS town hall the other night, and I had someone make a um, a well thought out and a passionate argument why he has the Knicks third in the conference. And I'm to me, my my biggest issue with that with that prediction is not that I don't think they could be because I do think there is a world where they could be, but I also think there's a world where four other teams have an argument for that. They could be th- maybe even more depending on how you think of like, I don't know what, what's Carlisle. How, how, how is that going to affect Indiana? Like there's a lot of talent on that. Th- um, just to throw a lower tier team out there. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think everything you said is right. I, I think Julius, you're right. It's that's the big question mark. I think they're trusting the work ethic. It's what got him to last season. It's, what, it's you know, hopefully what's going to get him to take a, a, even another step up. Um, before we move on to Nerland specifically, I just want to get your, maybe your thought on one other thing, which is that, so we had yet another free agent go off the board uh, a couple of days ago uh, for 2022, Aaron Gordon. Um, I tried to come up with a list after, let, let's put the Nets guys aside and then Beal and Levine obviously go in their own category. I mean, you look, it's, it's TJ Warren. Um, it's like Valanchunas, right? It, it's, it's, um, you know, Jalen Brunson, you want to throw Jalen Brunson, Dennis Schroeder. I, I wonder how much, and I want your, your thought on this, how much teams around the league are just basically like, how do you even approach a free agency where there's like, what, like who, who is the tar again, other than those couple of big guys, which we'll see if they even make it. Levine will, we'll see about Bill. Um, yeah. So what do you think teams are looking at in terms of next summer? Well, Jonathan, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I actually had an exact joke. I mean, when we were talking about the same topic, who's going to be the first guy to write about Zach Levine going to the Knicks and free agency? Because what do you, because what do you have to really like talk about, you know, yeah. and to your point, right. And you touched on Bradley Bill. So the Wizards got better. First of all, I feel like almost every team in the East got better somehow, some completely agree with that. And and it's going to be interesting. So you've got the dynamic, you know, with the Knicks, the way last season was without the fans and stuff. I kind of wonder, too, how that's going to affect certain teams. Toronto didn't even play in Toronto. The Raptors, they were uh, Florida. So, you know what I mean? They were playing like a 72 game road schedule. But when it comes to those free agents you touched on, right, it's uh, the way teams are looking at it, at least as of now, you're going to have to improve through the trade market. And if you're going to go into free agency, you're adding complementary pieces to essentially whatever core you have and, yeah. and, and those guys you touched on. Um, you know, Bradley Beal's been a pretty loyal guy. And because Washington got better, most people think that 
Um, as long as they continue to show improvement, he'll be back, um, you know, with some type of a long-term max extension. But uh, time's going to tell on that. There's there's a whole season to be played still. Um, when it comes to Zach Levine, you know, I know people made a lot of the switch to going to clutch. I don't know how much necessarily that's going to move the needle because they also have, uh, you know, uh, they've got guys there where I, like everybody saw that and like, Oh, he's going to the Lakers, going to the Lakers, you know, that <laughs> NBA Twitter, everybody, everybody's going to the Lakers. Yes. Yeah. Well. I, I get a kick out of it, but I, I think Zach is, it's also an interesting position for him because that team on paper is improved. Yeah. But, but do DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine and, and Vucevic fit together? I'm not sure. Plus you got Pat Williams, kind of moving into a starter's role who I like uh, a lot. And I feel like people around the league like him a lot. They do. Um, so spoiler alert, one of the next stories we did, um, I polled executives on their top breakout player for okay. next year. And Pat Williams, uh, I'm not going to say his number one, but he certainly featured on that list. And okay. you can look forward to that coming out. But yeah, I mean, when, when you touched on those free agents, like we said, it's mostly complimentary guys and all the teams in the East, you know, you touched on Rick Carlisle. Um, having him as a coach, I think, is going to take them to another level. Um, I think Karis LeVert being there healthy is going to help them. Uh, Charlotte, you know, they made the trade for Mason Plumlee to try to fortify their center position. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think yeah. it's better than what they had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll touch on how it could have been Nerland's Noel. But, I, I'm, yeah. Um, you know, like all those teams, even, you know, Toronto getting um, – uh, they got Gary Trent Jr. back, who I think is going to have a breakout year. Um, I, I just look at every team in the East. You know, the Celtics are improved. Getting sh- nobody thought Dennis Schrader was going to go for that much. Sh- Schroeder for five million is like I, I'm not. I I don't like Schroeder. <laughs> I'm not a fan. But yeah, but the value is you it's, can't argue. You can't argue. It's like Kemba. It's like you may think Kemba's knees are not anything close to what they once were, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. But like. It's $9 million a year. Schroeder at five and eight or whatever it is, six. It's it's great. You know, Jonathan, real quick, you mentioned Kemba. So when Kemba was with Charlotte and he came into New York a couple of summers ago, this is when I was at The Athletic at the time, and I, mm-hmm. and I wrote a story on it nationally on him. But he didn't think that he, he – like, New York to him was like, it's, it's never going to happen. And, like, for this guy to finally get that opportunity, you know deep down – that it was always in the back of his mind from the days with cardiac Kemba, Connecticut. So I really think Kemba Walker is going to be rejuvenated. You know, I, I'm not somewhat similar to the way like Blake Griffin was rejuvenated when he went to Brooklyn. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if that's fair. are going to magically improve like that, but he's going to be put in a position to succeed. And, you know, Tibbs X's and O's wise is going to get the most out of him. I, I was going back and watching some, some, um, <laughs> Cause, cause I have nothing better to do with my time news clips of when he was at rice. Um, yeah. and like an interview he did back then from when he was a Connecticut and he came back and like, he was about to enter the draft. Like there are guys who are from New York and then there are guys who are from New York. And I, I think, you know, to, to, to your point, um, he's a New Yorker, like hundred percent sound view. It's like, it's, you know, rice size. It's, it is, you know, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, let's talk about Nerlens and I, it's a, t- I don't even know how to enter into this conversation because I feel like it, to talk about Nerlens and, and what his market ended up being with, you know, let's just say it, he got a, essentially a two year deal for $9 million a year. Um, 
you know, and, and this is a guy who, along with um, Rudy Gobert, I, I should know the number off the top of my head, but a certain amount of like blocks and steals um, total um, or stocks. That's it. To use the old Bill Simmons term. I think he was second in the league in, in, uh, in stocks to either like Gobert or maybe Turner was close, but he was, he was right up there a lot, you know, splash plays big for Tibbs defense. Um, and the market just wasn't there. And, and, it, but then you think about the center market and then like, you know, we were texting about it, Rashawn Holmes. Like, I don't know about you. I, I was shocked that that's what, and, and I understand that's the most the Kings could have paid him, but there are other teams besides the Kings out there, like the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Didn't, you know, yeah. so I, I guess what I'm asking you, give me your thoughts on the way Noel's market developed. And also if you have any thoughts just more generally about the way the center position went um, this summer in free agency. Sure. So I think the first domino, when you look at both Nerlens Noel and Rashawn Holmes, the first domino that really uh, somewhat surprised people was Mason Plumley going to Charlotte. Um, that really affected the center market. And, you know, I could tell you that Nerlens, you know, the, the possibility of him going to Charlotte and being a pick and roll partner with LaMelo Ball, um, on offense and being an anchor on defense, it, it was something that intrigued him, certainly. Um, they they should have. have. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they had interest in him. Um, obviously, it was uh, contingency based. So essentially, the way the free agent center market broke down for Nerlens was I mean, the trade happened with Mason Plumley, but, you know, Nerlens and Noel and Rashawn Holmes, first of all, were intertwined. One, they're good friends from their Philadelphia 76ers days. Um, but Rashawn was ranked ahead of him on the center free agent board for pretty much every executive. Justifiably um, so. Rashawn Holmes is really good. <laughs> yeah. And if you had the cap space. So the, the thing that was interesting was like Toronto was like debating both of them, but they got Kem Birch at a cheaper price. Good deal. Um, and so you know, most people assumed that Aaron Baines was going to be gone. Uh, it wasn't really a good fit for the both sides there. And then he had the injury too. Um, Dallas brought back Boban. You know, Dallas, uh, you know, similarly to the way the Knicks always get linked to a bunch of free agents over the years, <laughs> Dallas also gets linked to a lot of guys and yeah. they, they kind of like ran it back. And, and I like Boban. Um, but they, they ended up bringing him back at a cheaper price as well. And for Sacramento, that deal was always there, um, the max that they can give him, uh, the four-year deal. But they didn't think that that was going to be his market. They thought that he could be going to Dallas or he could be going to Toronto with more of the cap space. Once those teams made the moves, it, it kind of – or they kind of like had the the agreements lined up. You know, you can't like sign stuff right away. Yeah. But then it's like, all right. It, it, it was all like a trickle-down effect for New Orleans. And for the Knicks – it was like you already had Mitch Robinson as, as your either starter or like a high-level backup, but Mitch will probably start even though Nerlens will compete. Um, so for the Knicks, there was always that dialogue there. He and Tom Thibodeau had a great relationship. Um, really? And yeah, from from the way Nerland spoke it, about him, and he he got it seemed like it from our person. perspective as well. He I, I it seemed like he fit in well generally with everything they were, they were doing last year. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even behind the scenes, like during our interview, um, which was on Hoopside, you can look it up. He, he talked about how Tibbs behind the scenes. Um, he's a fun guy, you know, not to be like a Kawhi Leonard joke, but he, he's got a more of a personality. I think that yeah. people realize and the way the two of them viewed defense, it was like, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly. So they they 
kept in communication. Obviously, the Knicks front office wanted to bring him back. I think the fear, similarly the way Sacramento worried about losing Noel, was that if Rashawn, if Rashawn went to Dallas or he went to Toronto, Sacramento was also eyeing Maryland's Noel. So there were all these like contingency plans, and they just didn't fall through. So going back to the Knicks was something he always wanted. Um, as long as the numbers fit and he essentially like doubled his salary and it was justified. So it worked out. Like one of the things I, I had touched on in, in the Nerlens interview was that he helped lead their defense into 13th in opponent, like rim field goal percentage. And it, w- it went from that to the best in the league in a one year difference with him. And when he started, they were 25 and 16. So they saw success with Nerlens there. Um, and, and I look for him, even though it's a three-year deal, like you touched on, it's kind of a two-year deal, really. Yeah. It's not that long where you're tying in so much cap space yeah. into him. And, and, and I like the deal. I brought back. Yeah, no, I, I think, look, he, <laughs> the team has sucked for the better part of two decades. You had a good team. I, you know, how about maybe give it another shot to see what they can do in a second year? Let's not be so quick to rip. Up. That was my stance with free agency. Like I didn't, a lot of people were upset. Um, especially when they thought it was a, a true three-year deal. But it, it, again, it's like, it's not a ton of money. Um, you, can so trade I don't that. you can trade a lot of the contracts the Knicks have, Jonathan. That's, like, that's they can, it. They can move those guys. They're not these albatross John Wall, 40-something million dollar contracts, the Jimmy Butler extension. Like You want to get to that point eventually where you're paying guys that much. But you don't want to overspend on the wrong guys. You know, eventually too, the Knicks are going to have to, you know, work out a, possibly an extension for RJ Barrett. You know, I don't want to put the hoodie on it because they haven't had a first round pick extended since Charlie Ward in like what, 99. And that, that, that streak, that streak has officially uh, now gone for an additional year. Now that Frank is, uh, I guess he hasn't officially signed in Dallas. And, you know, I, you know, keep this one under your hat folks, but I'm not banking on that for uh, I, Kevin Knox. <laughs> all due respect. Um, that lady's warming up on that one too. It's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, look, uh, the bat, we, we know the Barrett extensions coming. We, we, I mean, honestly, we've already talked about it on a couple of podcasts about like, well, you know, you look at what, I mean, and, it, and well, actually I, I shouldn't say that because I was going to say, you look at what Mikhail Bridges is probably going to get, but he still hasn't extended. Um, nor, nor has DeAndre Aiden, um, mm-hmm. nor have a couple of those guys from that class, which I think, um, I'm going to be intrigued to see what, what those numbers are like for, for some of those players to I, say nothing of a guy like Colin. I do think they're going to, because just you, do. you touched on the 2022 free agency. So like, you know, Jonathan, if you look at the landscape of who currently has um, cap space in the next summer, it's uh, the summer coming up, yeah. not that many. So no. the best way you're going to get your money is by extending with your own team. You can go over the cap yep. and, you know, listen, all the salary cap experts, uh, you know, the OC Goslins, the Larry Coons, Keith Smith, all of those guys, you know, et cetera. They could tell you more, but know enough about it that they could do that. And that's most likely where these guys think they are going to get their money. So yeah. I, I do expect those guys to extend. I do. I- I would too, um, which also makes the Mitchell Robinson situation now that he's, you know, slated to become, well, I mean, he is going to become an unrestricted free agent one way or the, although I guess um, theoretically they could still um, uh, work out an extension starting not this season, but you know, the season after I'll, I'll you know, we'll see. Um, you, uh, you mentioned John Wall. So I want to touch on a couple of, of non Knicks topics before we get out of here. Uh, ben Simmons and, and Dame primarily, but you, you brought him up. I'm, 
just real quick, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Do you think that there's any chance that the Rockets find a trade partner for him? Uh, Into your head, gut feeling. So, so, like, I mean, the logical team would be Oklahoma City in a salary dump, right? Um, I kind of thought it was comical when the report came out that, well, Houston doesn't want to give up uh, a first-round pick or multiple first-round picks to get off John Wall. Well, okay. <laughs> then uh, what's my ins- you know what's my incentive here? I've got a couple of one-liners, but I can't really say them. You, you can uh, say whatever you want. We're we're uh, you know you could you, you could sell me the Brooklyn Bridge then on that. Like what what are we talking about? If you're not giving up picks, then you're not getting off John Wall's contract. And and to get you know a buyout, uh, is it really worth it to save a couple of million dollars? No, like it. It's it's, it's and I feel for John a little. I shouldn't say I feel for John. The guy's going to make nine something. Yeah, I was about like, to say, the guy, he's definitely one of his career. But like, Jonathan, you got to understand something. John no, Wall no, no. Was, was was plagued by injuries at the end of his Washington Wizards tenure, and you it's just sad. saw the guy come back. And it's like, do I think he can still be a productive NBA player? Yeah, I do. And it's just, he's not in a good situation. He and Kevin Love are in the same kind of boat, essentially, where yeah. they both – need to be on a team that's either a playoff team or just you can't be on a rebuilding team and they're both in the same dynamic tough contracts to move and a team the dynamics of it are just too hard because the salaries are high then you'd have to take back salary that you don't want that's probably for multiple years so you're stuck between a rock and a hard place if you're both organizations We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. 
Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a good transition to, because I. it's funny, I... Um... You mentioned Keith Smith. Uh, I think he had a, a tweet uh, after the John Wall news, like trying to figure out, like, does, is there like a four team deal where Ben Simmons is going? To, and obviously the, the valuations on those two players, are very, but it's just in terms of the money where it's like, OK, who's sending picks there and who's sending a player? Like, something something crazy like that. Um, the Simmons thing is I, this is probably a little harsh, but I'll say it anyway. It's the car accident. And I can't stop looking at um, because maybe it's just years of looking at my own team, be the car accident. And for once it's, it's happening somewhere else. Um, you could tell me any, a dozen different outcomes are going to transpire between now and the start of the season. Um, we don't have to, again, get into a whole thing, but just like I'll ask you, you talk to a lot of people. If you had to place your, your chip, your poker chip on like, I think this is going to happen, whether it's I think he's going to be traded before the season, not traded, whether you have a specific team in mind. Where where do you see the Simmons situation going? OK, so if I'm in Vegas and the minimum chip is twenty five dollars, I put it first of all on the minimum, because like you mentioned, there's so many different scenarios. But so a couple of things I look at with the Ben Simmons situation. One, um, it's it's kind of toxic to the point where he's got to be moved. He's making it so that they are going to have to move him, whether it's, you know, the inner dynamics of his relationship with Joel Embiid or, you know, the fans with him in Philly and just, uh, you know, like Doc talked about, had his back for a little bit, but then was asked if they could win a championship, but it was the point where he's like, I don't know, which isn't wrong because they haven't. And, you know, but there's, there's a way to kind of finagle that answer. How do you come back from that? Uh, it's tough. And so Ben, you know, Ben, I'll say another thing like Ben Simmons, people make this guy out to be a bum and it's, it's it's criminal. Like Ben Simmons to me, when he came out of of, uh, LSU, people made him out to be LeBron. And I always thought he was like Lamar Odom on steroids Um, because for me, both tall left-handed forwards that could, rebound the ball can be playmakers though ben is more of a point guard than lamar um but not necessarily known as shooters and you know on a really good team lamar odom was like the third best player i think ben can be the playmaker for a really good team and and do other he does other things that are elite his his defensive ability one through five there's a reason the guy was in the defensive player of the year conversation and I, I, I just think that if you're Philadelphia and you're going to lose Ben Simmons in a trade, the dynamics for, you know, whether it's OK, so if it's like a multi-team deal, right, you're looking at like, OK, you're going to get some. Let's say Minnesota has been talked about him, right? Yep. So Minnesota, what do they have? A lot of draft picks. Yeah. You're not getting Carl Towns back. You're not getting because they want to keep if they're going to get Ben, they want to keep him. They want to be good. Uh, yeah. And, and so 
you're not going to get any of those players. So you get draft picks for the future, but that doesn't help you when you got Joel Embiid playing right now and you're worrying about making sure you maximize him with his uh, previous knee injuries. So, uh, you know, I won't say this is going to happen, but it's a thought like I've had and other people have had. Like the Indiana Pacers have Levert. You've got Malcolm Brogdon. You can make a nice package there. And I, I heard you, you mention that third, on your podcast to today. Yeah. Yeah, and if you had to get a third team, you could flip Turner if you want at yeah. center and and really like make something happen. Now, is that going to happen? I, I'm not saying that because like Philadelphia really does want uh, an all star back. And you know, even like the Sacramento stuff with De'Aaron Fox, um, uh, I'd be I, shocked. Like, like Jonathan, here's my thing: De'Aaron Fox is a really good player and a guy that can he be an all star one day? Sure, he could. Yeah. Ben Simmons has been there already. Like, you're telling me you don't want to trade for this guy. You just gave Fox a max. So you can't tell me, like, oh, it's the money thing. Like, it's just an interesting way that people are evaluating um, their situations. Because, like, you've got Tyrese Halliburton who could shoot the ball. Yeah. Would be a good defender next to Ben. Like, I could see that working. Um, you know, and like Harrison Barnes there, they've got other guys. Um, I and, and you've got the kid Mitchell that they drafted. Like, I would think you'd maybe try to break that backcourt up a little bit. But then again, listen, the Kings have been stockpiling like five centers since the Vlade Bivak era. So, you know, nothing surprises me there, even though they've got uh, Monty McNair now. So it's just fascinating to me. Something's got to give at a certain point. Um, you know, if he comes back, you know, could it be like I think of like when Vince Carter was at the end of his time in Toronto? And he just oh, that uh, that got ugly. Um, yeah, and, it, and that's not the only like that. Is it going to be like James Harden two Because then you've got to be like James Harden. I don't envision him. I mean, I know he was when he was at the end of his Rockets tenure. Um, he was not. He was a little bit of a sour apple. But it is is that real? Does Ben Simmons have that in him to be? such a confrontational, like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to make this miserable for you. So you trade me no matter what. Um, that's if he really wants to be gone, that's what it would be. And the thing that gets me, Jonathan, is like, if this guy just has a foul line jumper, that's all he like, just give me that, man. That team on paper could be so good and be and is a contender in the East, you know, with him in the lineup. So that's the other struggle, right? Who are you getting back that's going to make you on that level in the East where you're with Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and and, and Philly, yeah. you know? I, I wonder two things. One, I wonder if after, I I think it was after the final game of the Hawks series, I could be wrong, it might have been after another one, if when he was asked, he, someone asked him some question in regards to his performance. And instead of doing what he did, which was, I think he, he asked a Sixer staffer, like, what was the box? What was my box score? And he, you know, it was a bunch, it was, you know, predictably a lot of assists, a lot of rebounds, you know, instead of an answer like that, if he just was more about like, I just need to be better. I, there are areas of my game I need to improve. I'm going to improve. And if he had more of that, that outward attitude, I wonder how much that would change the entire trade dynamic. And then the only other thing I keep going back to, if Philly really does get between a rock and a hard place and they do feel like they eventually want to land and this will lead up to our very last topic, um, Dame or, or Beal or whatever, 
Do you just get the package that has a good player, not a superstar or a star player, but a good player, and then a bunch of picks and then try later on down the road to try to flip the picks and maybe a maxi and maybe your own picks for, you know, the guy you really want for Simmons. But, you know, I guess we'll we'll have to see how that plays. I'm, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by it. Um, let's finish on Dame, um, who I don't think Portland is going to trade to. Philadelphia anytime soon? If No, I mean, yeah. and that's the other thing, right? So, yeah, and then in an ideal world, Philly would love that. But then the caveat is, like, you're more in line to get, like, a C.J. McCollum type of conversation there, yes. and, um, which I don't think is a wrong conversation if you're uh, certainly Portland. But, again, like, Philly wants an elite guy, and I, I like CJ. I think CJ was knocking yes. on the door and becoming an all-star for the first time last year before he got hurt. hundred percent. It might be a better fit with MB because he can shoot the ball and play yep. in the pick and roll. But, um, you know, in regards to Dame, I mean, you know, Dame, yes, he loves Portland. My biggest thing with Portland is Dame's not getting any younger. And I'm not saying he's, He's not nearly out of his prime, but these are the prime years of his career. And it's like for Portland to be better this year, you lose Carmelo, you lose his offense off the bench. So you need to replace that with Robert Covington having a big year who in a contract year. So I do think that's going to happen because somehow, some way, <laughs> they find that. a way. It's like a campfire <laughs> under their rear end when it's time for the money to come. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, now, now I'm back. Yeah. Um, you know, Yusuf Nurkic, who was projected to be their third. I don't want to say star, but their third go-to guy when yeah. they got him. Um, you know, he he touched on when he left his uh, his last interview at the end of the playoffs. Yeah. He wanted a bigger role. He wasn't happy. So he's going to – I think he's going to have an opportunity to get that now if he's healthy. So um, that and, like, Chauncey Billups. Like, if you're Neil O'Shea, and I, and I touched on this on the pod – you're on the Hoopside podcast. You're essentially um, you're going to sink or swim with this hire for Chauncey Billups, sure. because the backlash behind uh, the hiring from you know the optics standpoint and you know yep. the demographic in Portland um, from his past. But this is his guy. He's always viewed him as a leader from the Clippers. So can here's my thing with uh, that whole situation. So like Dame Lillard. You know, he's not an old guy, but the core of his career, it's, it's kind of like ticking like uh, Marissa Tomei and my cousin, Dan, <laughs> you know, a little bit like that. And so fantastic cop, <laughs> fantastic cop. And so, um, you know, for Neil, like and, and his executive role in, in Portland, it's like, OK, so you hire Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups going to fix the defense or the players going to fix the defense? Because mm. now Chauncey has to schematically because they didn't change much of the roster. And I don't want, you know, you know. In the most Italian, like, no offense, all due respect to <laughs> due respect. Cody Zeller, um, Ben McLemore, who was able to break that for Hoopside that he signed there. But Very nice. You know, you know what I mean? Like, those yeah. guys are good bench players and, and guys that you can use as a role player. But they're not changing the overall needle. They're not. They, you not, not in terms of, like, if you acquired a Ben Simmons or something like that. So... To me, that's where I kind of wonder, and the West got better too. You know, the Lakers yep. improved. Um, you know, New Orleans made a bunch of moves. We'll see like where they end up shaking out there. But like other teams made moves. 
Memphis shook up its roster. Yep. So you've got all these teams that are making moves and, you know, Phoenix is still going to be an elite team. Uh, Utah, their continuity, you can't uh, discount. Golden State with a healthier roster is coming back. They get Iguodala. So, again, it, you know what? Portland did less than the Knicks in terms of the offseason. But it's like for both those teams, all right, where do you fit now in the new trajectory? That, to me, is going to be interesting to see. I think Portland can still be a playoff team, but a top sure. four, not in my opinion. Not right now. I, 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 If you told me they finished fifth or sixth, I'd be like, okay. If you told me they finished ninth, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Um, it's just very interesting to me because all the smoke was coming out before free agency. And then it's kind of been all quiet on the Western front since, you know, when, when the, when those rumors were, and, and like you said, Portland didn't really do much. I'm assuming quiet means, you know, they're going to go into the season and, um, you know, see how things go. And I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just, it's again, it's an interesting situation and it, it seems like um, we come up upon one of these things every year with um, some superstar or another. You know, I'll leave, I'll leave you with this on the Dame topic in particular, Jonathan. It's like Damian Lillard's not the personality to publicly demand the trader to be the guy behind the scenes. I think that's doing the the utmost to get out of a situation. And like Portland wants to give this guy a key to the city more than trade the guy. There's no doubt about it. He's sure. the franchise cornerstone and arguably one of the best Blazer players of all time. Um, so with that in mind, it's like. Kind of the way he was not saying he wanted out, but he wasn't not not was saying nuts. he didn't. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hedging hedging it a little bit there. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see in the season, like the first 15, 20 games for them. Um, oh, the eyeballs from every exam. For, for I'm right there them, with you for them and the Wizards, right? And I've, I've had this conversation with enough executives where it's like, okay, we're gonna sit back, let's see. Yep. You know, it's like uh, it's like when you stop talking to a girl or whatever, and, and you're feeling you're like she'll come back, she'll come back. <laughs> give, it, give it time. We're gonna, gonna play hard to get. That's, we'll see. So it's perfect. Like a lot of executives they're they're looking at it because because like we touched on, there's not a lot of free agents in the new market. No. Uh, looking ahead towards next year, so you've got to try to trade for a star and push your chips in the center of the table. Like you saw all the stuff that Chicago did to kind of build a team around Zach Levine. They know the clock is ticking. They can offer the most money, but at the same time, you know, you got to win. Like he's those guys, all these guys have plenty of individual accolades. The next step is your playoff success. That's what elevates you as an all-time great. Yeah. And I mean, look at look at what winning the championship has done for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, it's it, it's changed everything. Aside from the fact this guy's on WWE and living his best life, like in the in the Twitter verse, the way that he did it, um, you know, kind of on his own, not with. I mean, and that's not a knock on Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday. No, but when you, of, when you think of like the super teams, he didn't build like a traditional like big three, and he did it in Milwaukee, a small market. Like his, um, his reputation, stock, whatever you want to call it, um, major stock up for him. 
all and, time, and, all time, and, and, and rightly so. Um, and it's it's perfect, good place to end it because I think the the league is in a very interesting place right now. And I was kind of talking about this recently on another pod. How you know, look, Durant and, and LeBron, Steph Curry, these guys are still amazing. These guys are going to age out. In it's going to happen like at, at some point in the next couple of years. And there is, you know, going to be, a, you know, that an opportunity like who is going to fill the void, you know, after Brooklyn and, and the Lakers and like who knows what's going on with Kawhi and, and you know, his his situation. Um, and it'll just it's interesting to me to think about how guys will now try to position themselves to be like, OK, we're going to be the next team that's going to put the, you know, the the. uh you know, the target on our back, I guess, so to speak. And like, where, how does that maneuvering go? And it's, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of years, uh, especially since, as you said, uh, it's not happening free agency. And uh, we know the buyout market might be more exciting between Brooklyn and the Lakers. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, This was a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, shedding some light. You, you, you know, you're, you're plugged in and uh, to get a little bit of insight from, from you is really great. Before I let you go, can you just remind folks um, where they could find you and your, and your stuff? Sure. Well, first off, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks. Absolutely. And, you know, I appreciate what you do for the fans as well and kind of breaking stuff down. And um, you know, we had also for touched on about the subscription newsletter business. That's like a feature story working on too. Um, Excited about that. Me too. Still waiting on a few guys there, but um, that also have subscription newsletters, but looking forward to that. Um, as far as like where you can find me, Twitter at Mike A. Scotto. Uh, as far as like hoops hype, you find me right underneath the rumor section. Probably one of those stories will be up there. Um, we have the last podcast with the OC for the podcast, uh, the hoops hype podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, anywhere else you listen to podcasts, uh, check that out. Definitely looking to try to book a few players one-on-one. Uh, I obviously enjoy doing it with Yossi as well, where we kind of do uh, his salary cap expertise and where I'll throw some nuggets as well. That's been a fun uh, newer venture for me, doing it with him and having a co-host there. Um, so, yeah, make sure you're, you're plugged in there. And uh, obviously on the rumors page with Hoopsite, you're going to find all your news there as well. Appreciate everybody uh, checking that out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I again, I don't need to talk about hoops hype. If you're if you're a basketball fan, you've you've been on hoops hype. It's just like it is what it is. Okay, thank you for listening to my interview with Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some uh, some insight out of that one. And yeah, like I said at the top. Uh, interview or uh, conversation with Jeremy Cohen coming up as always to start the week. We'll, uh, we'll do our thoughts on Frank. We'll maybe uh, get into some, uh, you know, start to think about the beginning of the NBA season because, Hey, listen, media day, it's coming before you know it. Uh, we're, we're now, I think what, 10, 11 days away, something like that. Uh, so that's exciting. And then of course we'll, we'll do our, uh, NBA trivia game, uh, which I am on a one count them one week winning streak. So be sure to tune into Monday's episode. But, uh, again, if you like this one, drop a rating review, uh, subscribe the whole thing. And, uh, as always, thank you for listening and we will talk to you again soon. Get up.